The world is a new place, and we're all making adjustments. It moves faster and changes direction more frequently than ever before. People feel stuck, unfulfilled, and lost in their lives. I hear this all too often. Where are the answers? Someone please just give me the answers. Well, what if I told you the answers are finally here? My name is Scott McDonald, and I was once just like you. Join me on my process of personal development, pathway of success, and pursuit of happiness. For you see, my job isn't just to ask questions. My job isn't to just listen. My job is to ensure what happened to me does not happen to you. This is Scott McDonald at the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast. Today I'm rejoined again by Dan Lichterman. Uh, today our topic of discussion is going to be uh, athlete etiquette, you know, how to present yourself uh, when you're in and around your team out in public, how to hold yourself uh, presentable, um, you know, in the arenas uh, throughout your performance in the games, you know, being respectful to uh, other teams, uh, officials, coaching staffs, the whole nine yards. So uh, we're going to really dive deep into here and uh, make sure that our uh, listeners are getting a good idea of what you have to do to be presentable no matter where you are in the arena, stadium, or on the field. Dan, it's great to have you back. Hey, thanks for having me again, Scotty. Yeah, how's, how's everything going good with your self-isolation? You still doing the uh, 500 push-ups a day that we were talking about? Uh, I'm up to a thousand, I think. I don't know if you heard me counting before we uh, started recording, but, uh, I was at like 1200. Yeah. It was very distracting. <laughs> yeah. I was working <laughs> on my dorsimus uh, muscle. Oh, there you go. It's boring, but it's part of your life. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so t talk to me, you know, like, uh, when you were scouting athletes, um, you know, to get to the NCAA level, obviously you're just not looking at how they perform uh, in their sport, but you know, when you're observing, you know, when they're warming up before a game, uh, when the team enters, you know, the arena, um, you know, their behavior, you know, just among their teammates, um, you know, how much did that come into, um, to account when you're observing and absorbing from just outside of the game? Yeah, I think all, all those intangibles, uh, certainly, you know, weigh into the process. Um, you know, and I think, I think you hit it there. It starts, um, you know, even from when, you know, like if you're at a tournament and you're seeing teams come into the rink, it, it, you know, um, it starts from there. Like our, our kids running late, uh, which sometimes isn't on the kid. Sometimes it's on the, on the parent, but, um, you know, are they, are they, you know, if you, if you're at the rink a few times or, you know, like, especially like now coaching minor hockey, um, you know, and as you talk to coaches uh, about kids' habits and how they present themselves and how they prepare themselves, um, you know, is the kid early? Are they on time or, or are they always running behind? You know, do are they always, oh, geez, I forgot a shin pad or, you know, um, you know, are, are they prepared or, or same thing when, when they get to the rink, um, you know, are they spending time running around playing tag or are they, getting themselves ready, ready to play, um, you know, and, and again, it's, um, 
I think a lot of times in, in minor hockey, we throw around this kind of word, and I'll, I'll use air quotes, which you can't see, but uh, professionalism. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't think uh, kids have to be professionals, which I think it, sometimes that insinuates that you can't have fun. But I work with some professional athletes and those players have fun and, and there's a time and place to have fun. But I think it's, it's you know, you got to get to a point, especially you reach that, you know, late peewee, you know, Bantam into midget junior. You, you got to have a, a sense of, um, there's a little more sense of accountability, a little more sense of preparedness, a little more sense of pride in, in what you're doing. And, and I think, I don't know if we've talked about it before on here, but, but there's a kind of a term that I use a lot is, you know, are you a hockey player that happens to be a girl or a girl that happens to play hockey? And either one's fine. So pick one and, and be that one because, um, you know, you get to a college level and there's, there's a certain amount of professionalism and that's expected in the way you carry yourself in the way, um, you are, you know, the way you travel, the way you are at a hotel, the way you are at a restaurant, uh, all those kinds of things that, that are going to, um, you know, it's, it's not about you. It's about, about your program and, and, you know, the, what you're wearing on your tracksuit jacket or, or your sweater or those kinds of things. What would you say to the, the players and the parents, you know, well, uh, they're just kids. And, and I've, I've heard that at, the young age groups, but I've heard it at the older ones when they're still in high school. At what point do parents and players have to realize, no, this is the top level. This is rep. This is how things are done. This is how, this is part of the development process. You keep preaching development. Well, there's the social side, which is how to carry yourself in a very presentable manner. That's account an accountable manner. Um, for you, when when do you think that is? Do you think it's U fourteen or U fifteen? It's I, I think I, honestly, I, I think it can can start um, even as early as as novice and, and Adam or whatever we call those now U ten U eight um, of of just little habits of um, you know carry your own hockey bag. Uh, it's not come into the lobby and, and throw your junk at your mom or dad. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've been like this with my kids. I mean, and, and half the times at those younger ages, the kids have wheelie bags. Like there's no reason why a kid can't wheel their own hockey bag. Um, you know, so it can start with something as simple as that, like carry your own stuff. It's your stuff. It's not mom or dad's stuff. Um, you know, obviously, unless the kids like leaving on crutches, then yeah, help, help out. But, um, you know, I, I've been at, at events or, or at, at games and I'll see Bantam kids whose parents, and it's not just girls. Like I've seen <laughs> a, a few years ago when my son was playing minor Bantam, uh, we were walking into a rink and they were actually, we were leaving a rink. And after the game, he saw a kid from the other team whose parent was carrying their hockey bag, a minor Bantam. And he said, he looked and saw the number on the jacket and said, uh, I, I'm going to track down that guy next time we play them. Right. So, um, you know, carry your own bag. Like you don't need, uh, you know, especially once you get to Pee Wee, but even at Adam, you can, 
carry your own hockey bag, carry your own stuff. Um, you know, speak politely to, to your parents or to adults in the lobby. The lobby is a very public place. Um, you know, it's typically no secret uh, which player you are because most of the teams will have, you know, their, their track jacket with their number on it. So you can, can figure out very quickly who, uh, who people are. Um, you know, so, and again, that's not to say that, I mean, there's going to be times where you're leaving the rink and you're not very happy. Uh, keep that to yourself and, and, and keep it until you get in the car. Um, you don't need to vent in, in the lobby area about, you know, how, how big of a dumbass your coach is, uh, how much your teammates suck, um, any of those kinds of things. Um, you know, <clears throat> if you're upset, bring, bring it to the car or wait in the locker room until you, you've calmed down. And then, then you can, you know, head into the lobby. And, and again, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, you you want to have some passion and, and some care, uh, but once once the game's over, you, you got to release it and, and move on to the next one. How closely are scouts at these um, prospect events <clears throat> watching the the players and 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 families? Like uh, you know, to make sure like they know who the players are by that time. But how closely at these at these showcases are they watching to make sure there's no quote unquote horseplay? in that person's demeanor when, uh, when they're looking at bringing them into their program? Yeah, I, I think very, um, you know, I, you've had a, a couple other coaches on, um, you know, I listened to, uh, to Brian Nadalski's, uh, session with you, uh, earlier in the week. And, you know, I know he talked about like, it, especially when you're trying to change the culture of, of a program. And I, I did the same thing. Uh, when I got to Maine, it, it wasn't about the hockey player. It was about the people we were bringing in uh, to to get the culture into that environment that, that you want it to be. Um, you know, and it's going to be people. And, and sometimes you need, you know, those, those kids with a little bit of fire. And, and um, you know, so I, I think it, it's it's a fine line for for kids, um, you know, to show a little bit of fire, to show a little bit of passion, to show uh, a not quit, um, you know, but, you know, if you're skating off the ice and, you know, slamming your stick on the boards or throwing your stick on the bench or things like that, like, you know, that's a bit of a red flag. And, um, you know, but, but sometimes it's okay to like, Hey, geez, you know what? That kid just went and got after a kid who, who didn't forecheck hard or more importantly, didn't back check hard. Uh, those kinds of things you're like, all right, I, I like that, you know? Um, so, but you know, that stuff when, when kids are running around, screwing around before the game, um, those kinds of things that just, and again, everyone prepares differently, but it just shows a lack of maturity. And, and that, you know, when you get to the college level, you basically coaches get four hours a day with you. So you have 20 hours every day where a coach has to trust the decisions that you're making instead of thinking, oh, geez, what's this kid going to do to waste what we just did in the weight room and what we just did on the ice? Um, you know, so it's all, all those little things do – kind of go into the uh, the report and into the into the decision making 
what would you say is the, the basic disciplines, you know, if you could name three to five of them that if a player is probably thinking right now, okay, well, so that I make sure that my checklist of, of, of good behavior so I never, I never fault or screw up or get sucked into the, the horse play or the, you know, making a fool. What would that be? What would that list be for you? Well, I think like, again, if you're at the rink and you see a team warming up, you know, who's, you know, I personally, I like to see those kids that got their headphones in, you know, that just a, a little bit of a serious look on their face as they're doing their exercises. You know, if their team is warming up, uh, how how straight are their lines you know if they're doing things in two lines um you know are are they having kind of controlled fun or are they out of control fun um those kinds of things say a lot about a team um or you can see that that one individual maybe that's that's really dialed in and and really getting themselves ready to play because again, everyone, everyone's going to prepare a little bit differently because everyone's different. Um, I think that's first and foremost. Um, and then I would say after the game um, or honestly, even really during the game, you know, once you're, you're dialed in on a kid and you know, they can play hockey. Um, are they getting to the bench or, you know, let's say they get a penalty called, and they're coming over to the penalty box with the stands behind. Are they looking at mom and dad or looking for mom and dad for approval or disapproval when they go to the penalty box? Or are they just going to the box and sit down and take your two minutes and live to play on, right? Um, or if, if something, you know, if they make a poor play, are they looking up into the stands? Uh, those kinds of things. Um you know, those, those are things that coaches notice. Uh, and then when you move on to after the game, again, are, are they coming out, giving mom and dad a hug? Um, you know, even if it went poorly, um, how do they speak to their teammates leaving the rink? Uh, if their coach is in the lobby, do they go up and say, thank you to coach, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, or I'll see you at the next practice, or whatever. Or even if, you know, they know a, a college coach, um, and even, even though I've been out of it for a while, like I'll see, I'll be at the rink and I'll see kids, uh, that I work with in, in the spring or work with individually. Um, and this could even be little, you know, eight, nine year old kids, you know, will come up and say, hi, I think that's a great thing. Um, I love it as a coach when, when kids even, you know, half the time you don't even, as a coach, you don't recognize the kids when they don't have their helmet on. Um, but I love it when, when kids come up and say, Hey coach, I saw that you're here. I just wanted to say hello. Awesome. Perfect. Um, you know, so just those, those kinds of little things, um, are, are great <clears throat> to see from kids, you know, rather than just storming out of the rink or again, throwing their bag at, at mom or dad to, to carry out. Yeah. And one thing you touched on was the, you know, players looking up at mom and dad, in the stands and what have you. The thing that I've always laughed at, and I've, I've been there when I've, you know, with us working with some of the universities in the States and Canada, um, when I stand and watch a game with them, and there's always that one parent who has to sign language to their son <laughs> or daughter while they're playing, you know, to, to tell yeah. them to do certain things. And it's funny because all, all the scouts look at it and they just shake their head and they look, okay, number so-and-so crossed off the list and I don't think parents realize that's how easy it is just to 
just to get out of there. Even, even just being that loud parent, not, and then, you know, just to kind of switch yeah. gears from the players, to put some onus on the parents, being that loud parent who has to argue every shift, every play, every call, you know, that's being taken notice by scouts as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, even uh, I go back as far as um, uh, this is a while ago, so I don't remember which kid of mine it is that I was coaching uh, novice hockey and we were in tryouts and we had a parent, uh, we were doing one-on-ones and a parent was like running up and down the boards, like banging on the glass for their kid. Like uh, that right there, I scratched the kid off. I, like I didn't, Maybe the kid was good enough. At that point, it really didn't matter. Um, you know, and it happens at, at the college level, uh, or, you know, or at, at that junior level. You know, you see, I always call it the, the dad migration from offensive end to offensive end uh, after each period because they want to see their kids score goals. Well, what, what are you telling your kid right there? Um, all you're saying is that what, whatever you do on offense is the only important thing to me. I'm not, I don't, I'm not even going to bother watching the defensive zone. Right. So, um, you know, those kinds of things. And again, like, I mean, if, if there's constantly a parent screaming at a referee, um, you know, you can usually figure out whose parent that is by what they're screaming about and, and when, um, or when they're the loudest. Uh, so all those things for sure are, uh, are taken into, into consideration. Um, here's a topic that I I think is of of good, of good use because it goes back to the official unofficial visits that we talked about when those official visits happen. Uh, I've talked to some coaches and I'm and you may have had this experience when you were in the NCAA, uh, there is keeping your options open, but at the same time, if it's not a realistic option, don't go to that official visit because I've, I've talked to coaches where the player shows up, family's very excited. The player is unenthused, slouching in the chair, one word answers, you know, just the get me out here, get me out of here, look on the face. And it's just been a big waste of the program's time. You know, um, what what do you you say um, the kind of conversation that has to be had when those official visits are offered? Because if you're not going to be on your best behavior, if you just can't even be courteous when you're there. That's, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's going to follow you around too, won't it? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, the, the coaching community is, is so small, um, you know, and, and whether it's men's or women's hockey, um, word, word gets around, um, you know, I mean, everyone, you know, kids aren't usually just being recruited by one school. They're being recruited by multiple schools and, and the schools know who else is in the mix. Um, because that's a question that, that most schools will ask, Hey, who else are you talking to? Right. Um, and again, like maybe, maybe on that staff is a former person you worked with on a staff or at a camp, um, and whatever, like, so the, those conversations go back and forth. Hey, like, what do you think of this kid? Or maybe you're talking to someone who that person said no to, Hey, how, how did, how did they handle telling you guys no uh you know if you're still in the mix or oh you know what they're really rude about it they were oh geez you know that that's gonna throw up some question marks and some red flags whereas geez you know what i I really uh, and actually i mean you you know you go back to to brian and brian and i go go way back and i remember having these conversations with him uh, kids that we were out on and he 
was in on it. It's like, hey, like I love this kid. You know, this kid would would be awesome for your program. I think. Um, you know, so you know those kinds of things, especially being you know being that kid who's a good kid who's who's a presentable sociable thing hey i love this kid i love how they carry themselves right you hear that all the time um you know you hear that all the time about nhlers um you know just i, I love the way this person carries themselves and so to to be one of those kids um can can take you a lot farther than geez you know what this this kid's kind of rude and and short and um, you know, again, some of it can depend on the age and the maturity level and, and those kinds of things, but it's, it's something you really have to look in the mirror at yourself. Okay, how, how do I present myself? Can I go and have a conversation with an adult as a 14, 15, 16-year-old uh, by myself without my mom and dad there? And, and with Brian, you know, he said he scouts B-plus talent with A-plus mindset. Yeah, that's how, and that's, that's how we went about North Dakota building that program. Oh, for sure, for sure, and that's something um, you know. Even when he was at the at the Division three level, and I was coaching Division one, those were conversations we had all the time. Hey, like, what's this? Have you have you worked with this kid? Or there's a lot of kids. Uh, you know, we worked a lot of camps together as well. That where he's like, you know, I know that kid was on your team at camp. Or what were they like uh, during during camp on your team? So, um, you know, and it's the same thing at, at any event, um, you know, coaches share information on kids. Hey, you know what? I, I don't know that kid very well. What, what are they like? What, what have they been like on, on your bench or at your practices or, or you know, or around the other kids on the team? Uh, that kind of stuff. Like it's all, all those intangibles that, that you don't really know until you've worked with a kid. You can have your assumptions, uh, whatever, but you know, most coaches are, are really going to do their, their homework. And, and Brian had mentioned how, you know, cause we we're talking about pro collegiate minor sports, collegiate and pro all the coaches share information, like even just information on, on, you know, team tactic strategy. Like, you know, it's, it's a really close knit community. And I think that's where families and players get confused. They feel the higher the level they go, the more competitive it gets and then the more secret the sauce gets and the more uh, hatred is among that community where it's actually the opposite where in the minor sports, they grow up where there isn't a lot of sharing. There is a lot. And this, and this is what's making a lot of poor leaders in, in head coaching positions. I find at, at the, at the younger age groups is they are so worried about themselves and their own agenda that the, the athletes pick up on that and they feel like, okay, well, I'm being recruited by this school, but they have a rivalry with this one. I'm interested in both, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this both sides of the fence, not realizing it's the total opposite. So that's where you really have to keep. And I'm hearing this from every successful person that I've had on this podcast. who I talked to about how important it is to keep an open mind every time you come into a new situation, never, never, you know, make a mark on someone now and figure them out later keep the open mind and figure them out, you know, as you go for the rest of life through the rest of your life of knowing them. No, oh, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, again, like we're working camps with people, um, you know, times, you know, you work to a lot of college coaches will work the U S national uh, development camps. And so you spend a lot of time around each other. Two coaches are paired together. So you're having a lot of conversations there. Maybe you're going out for, 
for a meal or a soda or, or something at, at night. And, you know, it's, hey, you know what? I, I love how your team transitions. Uh, what kind of stuff are you doing? Um, you know, there, there can be X's and O stuff or there can be G's, you know. Like your, your group seems like you, you turn out good leaders all the time. Um, you know, what, what kind of stuff do you do with your leadership group? Um, I mean, my first year as, as a head coach, um, I probably talked more with uh, Jeff Visner at, at Minnesota State, who I worked for for four years. Uh, we probably talked more the year that I left and went to Maine than we did when we worked together. Um, you know, we'd talk all the time about stuff. Same with, with Brian. Brian and I were close. And uh, actually, I'll never forget my first year at Maine. I, I was recruiting at a prep school thing in, in the Boston area over Christmas time. And Bobby Duraney, who, who was at Providence, um, you know, we knew each other a little bit. We had actually played them when I was at Minnesota State. And you see people at the National Coaches Convention and get to know people. But, you know, being in my first year in Hockey East, uh, he just made a point to, to come over and, hey, you know, how are things going? Um, you know, how are you finding the transition to, to being a head coach? Um, and, and we just had, you know, a, a great conversation throughout the day watching games and, and talking about stuff. And, you know, he had been there for, I think, probably 10, 15 years at that time. And so picked his brain on, on some stuff they do and just had a great conversation you know the same even now like uh you know up here in, in toronto dan church is a is a close friend of mine and you know we'll go to lunch once a month and and just pass information along and talk about you know hey i'm i'm having trouble getting my team to do this or geez you know what i kind of switched this up and it's really worked with this group so um there's a lot of a lot of in, information shared uh both X and O wise and personnel wise. Yeah. And you know, some of the names that you said, like Brian Adolski and Dan church, like the, these are, <clears throat> they're not just people who have been in hockey for a very long time. They're very intelligent. They're very articulate. They, 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 they have their creative thinking power and their outside the box thinking is 10 X the average person I find when it comes to, you know, the overall big picture of everything. And, and I think that's one thing that, you know, kind of like when it comes to coach etiquette now and what families and players have to look for when, you know, they hear about this program and, and kind of look at, you know, it's a lot of these more um, even keel um, coaches who, who have these long runs um, at their programs because those two guys have definitely. And that's something that even to even look at, you know, it's something that speaks volumes for itself, showing that integrity and that consistency and the actual work ethic that goes into coaches building programs that says a lot rather than what I see, you know, sometimes people are attracted by the, we like this coach, they jump ship every two years, but we keep following. Well, that doesn't look the greatest either, you know, so it, it kind of goes full circle. I find in the whole. Yeah. And again, it, it, it can depend on, on every situation. Sometimes, you know, um, you get into into situations that that you you know both as a coach and as a player that that you think we're going to be one way and and turn out to to be different and um, you know so and and there's some coaches that have been somewhere forever that it's like geez I really don't like the way they they coach or teach and uh, but they get results and so you you have to to balance those things right. Um, uh, as you're as you're going through 
through the process. And there's, there's some coaches again, like I, you know, I'm an old guy now and, and you know, um, but I, I, I really, as I was talking to someone about this the other day, like I'm a, I'm a way different coach now than I was when I'm younger. I think I'm, I'm actually more patient. I'm more, um, more conversational with players now than I was when I was younger of, you know, rather than this is the way you have to do it because I know better than you. Now it's, Hey, let's have this conversation. What, you know, you're starting to know yourself as a player, you know, we're, we're trying to work through whether it's a skill or a system or whatever. Um, let's have a conversation. Let's make sure you understand why I'm trying to teach something this way in, in my experience or, why are you doing it that way? Can, you know, let's maybe your way is better. I, I don't know. Uh, and again, for most, for some players too, maybe your way is better for you and that works fine. So and I, I think, you know, again, that, that comes down to some of that maturity and professionalism as a player of allowing yourself to uh, think outside the box and try stuff uh, that's uncomfortable for you. And maybe it gets you better results or try it. And geez, you know what? That, that really doesn't work for me. Okay. Then let's go back to the other way you're doing it. So, um, you know, that's part of that, I, I guess, again, in the air quotes, that, that professionalism as a player to, you know, not just either blindly accept or blindly um, deny what, whatever's being said. It's to have that, that kind of open mentality and allow yourself to to keep learning as a player just as i i think the the best coaches are the ones who who also keep learning yeah absolutely and even for myself you know i remember when i first got into coaching it was you know when i was young i was 24 at the time and there was the whole thing of you gotta you gotta win because then people will like you if you win and then you realize when you look back and as you grow and you learn a lot more as you get a little bit older and some of the years go by, you start to realize, well, I didn't really have to do it that way. I could have done it this way, got the same results, but the perception would have been perceived a lot better, you know? And I, and I, yeah. and I, and I think yeah. that's, uh, that's definitely something there. So it's always, there's always both sides of the fence for players, parents, you know, coaches, the whole shebang. Um, just to wrap up here now, uh, what do you think, like, you know, the, the importance of your time management is preached to these kids, you know, just showing up on time. Do you think that's the cru- number one crucial thing when it comes to that, that etiquette we're talking about? Well, I think it, it goes beyond, I think showing up earlier than on time is better than showing up on time because then it gives you just that little more, now you're ready on time. So, and this is a, a, a and somewhat on players, but also somewhat on coaches. Like if, you know, like most coaches say, be there an hour before, but have a specific, like, okay, let's be there an hour before we're going to meet at 50 minutes before or at 45 minutes before. So they know that, okay, like I'm, I'm not getting there and we're going right into a meeting or are we getting there? And now I've got 15 minutes because some people, well, we don't really need to be there because we're getting there and then we're waiting. But, you know, to me, that's like that time beforehand, like get, like I I was always one. I like to get to the rink super early um, and be able to just organize my stuff, tape my sticks, 
all that kind of stuff rather than, you know, I've seen kids, uh, whether it's spring or winter season, like you're going in, you know, the Zamboni's almost off the ice. You're going in as a coach and you got kids sitting there taping their sticks. Like they're, you know, that's not ready to go. Um, so I think that the being ready on time, but being prepared on time, you know, like, I mean, how many teams do you see like, Hey, we're going to warm up and you got to find like six or seven kids who are running around the rink or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think the the junior programs, uh, on the girls side right now do, do a really good job of, of kind of introducing that, uh, professionalism and, and that timeliness and, and those kinds of things. Um, but it's, it's not just about, Oh, whew, I just made it on time. It's like, be on time, be prepared. Like if you're going into a meeting, be prepared for, to listen, like be prepared for like, if it's a, a presentation, if it's a zoom presentation right now, um, you know, be ready to be dialed in, not just, you know, Oh, my, my meetings at, you know, three o'clock with my class on, on zoom. And so I just, you know, woke up at two fifty nine. you know, make sure that, that you're uh, prepared and ready to take in uh, at least a little bit of information, if not all, you know, I found in, in college hockey, there's almost too many meetings. Um, there, like as a head coach, I, I felt like a, a politician sometimes, like you're given like 14 different speeches during, during the week about the same, thing like holy crap let's just drop the puck and let's play this game finally you know so um but you know you, if, if a if a coach has a meeting or a video session or whatever dial in be be ready to to take some information out of it so it's not just about the show up on time it's show up and be prepared to participate and be prepared and the same at practice you know you go through that um, you know, how do you, like, you're not going to have your best day every day at practice, but are you there trying to at least learn one thing? Are you there giving your best effort? Are you there, you know, Hey, you know, just being there for your teammates, right? Like having, you know, not everyone has a great day every day. And so there's going to be some days where you need someone to come up to you and Hey, like, let's, let's pull our pants up today and let's get to work. I know you're, you're having a tough go of it. You know, or same if, if you're the one, hey, like, I'm in a great mood today. I see this person, geez, they're dragging a little bit. Hey, come on, let's go, right? Like, let's, let's go turn off, turn off everything else that's going on in life and, and get to the rink. And I, I, think that's, um, I think that's one thing that from, from a hockey mindset that's changed quite a bit, and some of it is just we always have access to information. Um, and I know some teams will do this where, you know, you go, you don't even bring your phone into the room or you shut your phone off or, or, you know, they have the, you know, as I know there's a big hockey Canada thing where they have the little, uh, pouch there where you, you put, uh, put your phone in the pouch at, at the door and you get it on the way out. So, um, you know, but I think if as a player, especially once you start to get to that, that Bantam stage, when you get to the rink, like outside is outside, what, whatever your day at school was, whatever happened, you know, in the car ride with mom or dad, um, whatever happened with, uh, you know, significant other, that kind of stuff. Once you walk in the rink, just park that outside. If you, if you can figure out a way to, 
to leave the drama outside the door and come in and just, just dial in on, on your coaches and on your teammates and on yourself as, as a hockey player uh, for those couple of hours, then you're going to make yourself better. You're going to be a lot happier. You're going to enjoy hockey a lot more uh, rather than, than worrying about, Oh, what did, you know, I heard this person texted that to that person or whatever garbage is, is going on that happens uh, now, not face to face, you know? Um, so I, I think those, those are the big things. And when, when you can kind of say being professional, you know, when you get to the rink and be player and that's it, like leave all the other crap uh, outside the door. Yeah, well said and well in depth, Dan, this has been great. It's another great piece of information that uh, a lot of the student athletes who tune into this and their families are going to get a lot of value out of. And I really appreciate you coming on to, <clears throat> on the show again to spread your wisdom and to, uh, you know, keep helping, you know, all of our listeners improve day by day. Well, we're just trying to, uh, to make sure that, that wisdom's not wasted on, on the old here. So uh, <laughs> that was, that was a, a when she coached with me. How come we always gain wisdom when it's too late? So hopefully, uh, hopefully this helps somebody down the road. <laughs> Definitely no country for old men. <laughs> there you go. This is Scott McDonald with the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast, signing out. <laughs>